Konnichiwa! Welcome to In Our Community Podcast Season 2, where we talk about life, fitness, youth training, nutrition, and more. Recorded at Resurrection Movement Studio in Danville, Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Coach Hitty, and sitting across from me is our lovely co-host, one and only, Coach Michelle. In a TED Talk she hosted, Rita Pearson said, Every child deserves a champion, an adult who will never give up on them, who understands the power of connection and insists that they become the best that they can possibly be. I think part of who we are comes from the interactions we've had with the people who we consider to be our greatest teachers and mentors. They teach us through their actions and their words and through their love and passion. Coach Michelle and I sat down this week to talk about some of our greatest teachers and mentors and how much they mean to us and how we've come to carry the lessons that they've shared on our daily basis thank you for listening as always please don't forget to subscribe to our show on itunes and leave us a comment let's get this started you know in life uh we go through these stages and i think i truly believe that like people get placed in our lives for reasons right like we don't happen to just coincidentally run into people and they become an important part of our lives i think it's those relationships are formed intentionally by, you know, higher powers, whatever, you know, like they, they get placed in our lives for a reason. And one of the things I think is, you know, we're put on this earth to serve others. Like I truly, truly believe that like to the core, not only, you know, obviously it's important to live your life, right? But part of our mission for every single one of us should be to enhance this world and not directly just within our families, but like with the networks of people that we get to surround ourselves with, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's giving back to the community or serving your kids, you know, teams and booster clubs, whatever is to genuinely serve others. And by serving others, we have this tremendous opportunity to mentor and to teach, to cherish these relationships. So today's topic, uh, we want to talk about teachers and mentors who had a big influence on our lives and the lessons they've taught us that we carry with us uh, through our lives. Mm-hmm. So let's start here, Dubes. Uh What are your thoughts on this topic and what I just said? Yeah, I, absolutely. I truly believe people are put into our lives to guide us, to help us grow all the time. It's it's amazing sometimes. You'll you'll just meet somebody and you'll think, what are the chances I'm meeting you now, today? And they're just in the right place at the right time. And yeah, so so that's really powerful. Um, and just as you're talking, there's this whole like my, my brain is just scrolling through my whole life and thinking of the people who have really, you know, touched me, who have really helped to guide me, um, who have kind of helped me to form who I am. Mm-hmm. And 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 who are those people? So, OK, so my number one is definitely my parents. Mm. Uh, they are they're the kind of people who will support you no matter where you're at. Uh, It doesn't matter if they, you know, say you have different beliefs or maybe maybe you're in a situation that that wouldn't be something that they would necessarily agree with. Never. They don't judge anybody. So wherever you're at, they support you and and help you to grow. And then that has also helped me to be that kind of person, too, where you just accept everyone for who they are and where they're at. And then if, if they need a little guidance, you help them from there. 
that's that's definitely the number one lesson I've learned from my my parents. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. I hope they're listening to this. Sure <laughs> they do. I, they they are one of our listeners. I oh know good. that. And yes. I'm sure Sassy <laughs> has a big smile on her face right now. So hi, Sassy and Teddy. Um, that's awesome. And I think that's very typical for people to be like, my parents were the biggest influence on my life. And I think that's that's awesome. Like, it's so awesome that you have that re- that relationship with them and that they were one of the biggest influence on your life. Mm-hmm. So what are some like, you know, when you think about them and the lessons that they've taught you, what are some of the lessons that you think like that that you always carry on with you? Right. So definitely, you know, meet people wherever they're at, you know, accept people for who they are, Um, no matter what their beliefs are. You don't have to, uh, you know, agree with them, but still see them as that person, see them as that whole person. And then, you know, just my mom is the kind of person who no matter what, she's so strong. And I think I've derived a lot of strength from her where no matter what the situation is, you just look for you look for the little little gap where what can we do here to make this better or how can we heal or depending on what the situation is. Uh, she's my go-to person, you know, if I just need to bounce ideas off of somebody and, and I know uh, sometimes she gives me her opinion. I'm not going to lie, mom, but <laughs> <laughs> we also have the kind of relationship where I can say, I understand what you're saying, but that's not going to work for me. And, you know, sometimes she's accepting of that. Sometimes it's a little harder to to break through that but we get there mm-hmm. um from my dad you know he has always taught me you know he he always let me make my own mistakes mm. and then I always knew he was there to support me mm. but he wouldn't fix those mistakes for me you mm-hmm. know he he kind of had this like you got yourself into this so now what are you going to do to get out but he was always he wasn't the kind of you know he, he supported me I I knew I had his support no matter where I went, um, he was the guy who believed in me from when I was little all the way up. My mom, too. I mean, the two of them, you know, sometimes you almost don't even when when your parents are so supportive of you, it's almost hard to believe that their feelings are real about you because you think, well, they're my parents. They have to feel that way. Mm-hmm. And until you get older and you realize that that's not always the situation, not every parent feels that way or not every parent is so supportive of their children that when I got older and became a parent myself, that's when I respected them even more for how they raised me. They, they gave me a lot of, of leeway. Um, and when I made my mistakes, you know, they, they guided me as I fixed them, you know, they didn't get too, too involved in those situations. So I think that helped me to be a lot more independent, uh, a lot stronger. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, what you're describing to me, to me, like, it describes a typical American family. Okay. Like, to me, at least from my point of view. So, like, American families, to me, are way more involved with their kids and and the way they raise them. Uh, The Japanese parents are a little bit more distant. You know, like, we only know the parenting style uh, that we know of either through experience as a childhood of how you, our parents raised us or through readings that we've done, like the newborn, which I'm not going to lie, I only read about three pages. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, like that's that's how we learn how to parent, right? Like I want to parent and or like maybe sometimes you watch a movie mm-hmm. and then you learn like, oh, this is what parents are supposed to be. Like the media kind of feeds you what what it's supposed to be. And 
to me, it sounds like this warm, really involved, caring, fostering parents, mm -hmm. the idea of a traditional American family household and mm. our household. So my parents were the opposite. So I, when I think of like teachers and mentors, I don't really think in terms of my, my, my parents. My parents are very, my dad was at work all the time, right? So he would go to work before I woke up and then he would come home after I went to bed. Mm -hmm. So the traditional Japanese hardworking father figure was him. So the interaction that I had with him was probably over on the weekend. And to me, he was more of a, a scary figure than somebody that I can go and talk to. Right. Okay. Uh, so like that was the figure and the image that we had. And I think in, in a traditional Japanese household, that's typical. Dad works, mom stays home, that kind of stuff. And my mom and I always just like didn't really always get along. Um, she's she, she's a great person, but we've never been able to like, you know, just kind of like have that conversation that like you and Mel would have. Right. Or probably a conversation that you and your mom would have. Mm -hmm. um, there was not a lot of like you know, conversation that leads to teaching moments in our household. It was just kind of like you were expected to behave this certain way or you expected to do this. And if you didn't, then you got in trouble. Like that was kind of the relationship that we had. And I think that's very typical in Japanese culture, not right or wrong kind of situation. I think mm -hmm. it's just a cultural background and it's important to just kind of take a note of that to see where we are. So going back to your story, it's, really need to hear that like that's how you were raised to me it's like oh that's that's awesome like and we in in our household now between Corey and i it's a i think it's a good mixture of the both culture mm -hmm. but i think kids tend to take more liking to the american w style of family and the way the, the way it's raised because it's more it's more warm it's more fuzzy right and it's more involved mm -hmm. and the kids grow up in this really fostering environment mm -hmm. and so i can see why you know a lot of people would consider their parents to be their greatest teachers, greatest mentors, and so on. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's pretty spot on yeah, as to the description yeah. of uh, how I perceive American families yes. to be? Maybe? Yeah, it's it's interesting to hear your perspective, too. And to see you as a parent, you're very involved also. So even being raised in that situation mm -hmm. where parents weren't as integrated, uh, you really are. Well, I try to be. I think there's, you know, there's a good and the bad come from anything, right? And so... The bad that I saw in my parents' parent style was that they weren't involved. Mm -hmm. The good they saw was the the disciplinary side and, and explaining like, hey, you shouldn't do that. Because sometimes I do see like, you know, not to be critical, but I see some like overcorrection, over cuddly, over fuzziness, which leads to leads to a little bit of like a little bit of more attitude from the kids, you know what I right. mean? And mm -hmm. not that I can prevent Noah from having that, um, but I, I try to set a very clear bound boundaries in, in what he, what I expect of him mm -hmm. and, and what I would hope that, that, that he will learn to respect. Right. Um, and so, I mean, I'm not perfect. I don't, I'm not a per parenting expert, but <laughs> no I just parent kinda, is. yeah, I kind of try to take away from, you know, what I went through as a parent and what I get to see in an American parenthood or family and and see you know how i can kind of best navigate through that right do you have any outside people that you can think of as like a teacher or somebody that had a great influence on you not 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 in your just in your childhood but even in your adulthood like you found somebody to be like oh like this is somebody that 
I don't want to follow or I don't want to just kind of like learn from and they've had a big impact on you. Yes. And it does go back to my childhood. Mm. And uh, yeah, so she was a neighbor. She was like my second mom. So she was a little bit more um, uh, structured and routine. Let's say that she was very independent woman had a um, she she had a job in um, in the Head Start program in Danville. But I just I always looked up to her because she was so determined and uh, she had some struggles in life, and for most of the time that I knew her, she was she was raising her kids on her own, and you know just just a lot of struggles, just a lot of different battles that she had to face, and she just took them head on. So to see her, I still consider her my second mom. I called her Miss Judy growing up. Mm. <laughs> I'll have to you know shout her out here and and uh, let her know hey you need to listen to this podcast but she has been somebody even though i don't see her very often she's been um a really positive influence on my life all the way through i reach out to her at least once a year at christmas time and whenever i just bumped into her recently and she just just when i see her she gives me this really good feeling she inspires me even if it's just a quick visit and i just saw her in a parking lot recently and she's just she's just one of those people that you just kind of want to model your life after like just really strong determined um successful and uh you know just really attacking life you know no matter what what comes her way Hmm. and what's like the biggest lesson that she's taught you even you know whether through her actions or her words what's like the biggest takeaway that you have from having interactions with her. I never saw anything ever hold her back. She mm. just she just kept trudging forward. And, you know, that's one of my mottos in life, too. Just keep moving forward, no matter what comes your way. And I guess I didn't even realize until we started talking that, you know, I, I might have gotten, I, I well, I think from my mom and from Miss Judy, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, just that, that um, yeah, you just keep going. You just keep moving forward. You just keep fighting no matter what it is, big or small, you know, we all have small things that, that happen to us that, you know, some people could use to just set them back or you just keep trudging forward. And Hmm. yeah. And it's interesting, like two, two of the lessons that you listed, whether from your mom or from Miss Judy, like, you know, of being resilient and pushing through Mm -hmm. and staying positive and, you know, always trying to figure out a way and always trying to see good in people. Those are qualities I'd say that like that's a strong character characteristics of yours. So it's it makes sense. Like you took away pieces of who they are and kind of like made it into your own and that became part of your who you are and your personality and and then how you live your life. Right. Which I think exemplifies what our teachers and mentors and how much influence they have on our lives now as you're going through those stages you probably didn't think like oh he's going or she's going to be my greatest teacher or mentor but as you look back in life you're like those are the people who kind of shaped me to be who who i am today yes you know and and that's awesome and i think this is what i mean by like you know we may not be intentional in the fact that like we're 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 having this teachable moment or we ha- we're having this role of a mentorship sometimes you can be intentional i think i try to create those moments intentionally but at the same time that's what i mean by like we are c- 
created on this earth to give back, give the energy back to the people that are to come after us mm -hmm. or, or with us. Um, and then, and that's, you know, that's, I think that's just part of our calling as human beings is we're not to live our lives selfishly. We are to live lives, you know, we are to live our lives selflessly leading others and in hopes of teaching others and having impact on other people's lives so they can serve more people and they can feel what we've learned and lessons that we've learned and share, share, share the similar lessons to the future generations. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's, you know, I can, when I think in terms of greatest mentors, you know, the two people that comes up to me is my host mom, Ma. <laughs> Ma. I, and, love that. And, I know and Peter and, and Peter's names have been mentioned in this podcast before and Ma's name have been mentioned recently actually when she when I talked about the analogy of uh, melting pot versus the stew yes. and and Ma is somebody that came into my life uh, you know when my parents went back to Japan and and it was through her action that spoke way more to me uh, about life that 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 has just just has it's, it's hard to describe what mom means to me because to me like she's to me she's my go-to person like whenever if i have an issue she's the first person that i call mm -hmm. you know and i call and i talk about it because i know she accepts me, accepts me for who i am and right. she will see what i'm saying she will understand what i'm saying and she'll show me different perspective in in, in a loving way and and I know that I can be myself and she will she understands me like, you know, like and when I was young and I think a lot of people go through this a certain part of life. I didn't know what love meant. Part of that comes from the fact that, like, I wasn't very close with my family. So and I think and, and a part of it is cultural. So it's not my parents fault that I didn't know what love was. Mm -hmm. But part of it was like when I saw how my friends were being raised at their homes versus how I was raising and being at my home, there was a disconnection. Mm -hmm. American household, Japanese household, there's a cultural difference there. So naturally I compared. And when I compared it, I felt like I was being loved at home. Although as I grew older, I understood that it was just a cultural barrier that I was experiencing two different types of homes. But when I moved into... First of all, the fact that she took me in was an amazing act of love. Right. Right. Like she was so and how I got to know her. Was she was the ESL aide. So I think they call it ESOL now. So English as a second language classroom. So that's where I was put in at age 12 when I moved to the United States because I didn't speak any English. I did not know this part of the story. OK. Yeah. <laughs> so that's so she was the ESL teacher's aide. Uh, so she was in the classroom all the time helping the students learn you know, write, speak, li listen to English, basically. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, just a little backstory. I came to the United States with 12 words, right? <laughs> so 12 English words, so total cultural shock. And I had no idea of the American culture. So it was, it was just crazy for the first couple of years. But by the time I graduated from high school, I, you know, I was able to understand English pretty well. I spoke pretty well. I mean, you know, there's still barriers that I have and I'm sure listeners you can you know pinpoint some of the things that I say and say that phrasing was wrong or he was missing a, a pronoun in there you know like it, those are just things that like 
I tell Corey all the time, I'm like, you know, I know that you point these things out, but the chances are I'm always going to make the same mistakes. Mm -hmm. Not because I don't want to learn, but it's just been, I've been doing it for so long that it's hard for me to correct the course. Right. Um, as far as English language goes. Um, but so she was the, the ESL aide, and she said to me, because she saw the pattern of an immigrant families, that they will be here for certain years and they go back to their country. Mm -hmm. But she also saw in me that I wanted to stay in the United States as long as I could. Because just, just my personality just matches the American culture better than the Japanese culture. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's, that's true to this day. Right. I agree. <laughs> I do. And so, yeah, because you don't see a lot of Japanese people like me that's, more, that's outgoing and loud. It's the opposite of what's like being, you know, the, that coming from a Japanese culture is the total opposite for the most part. I don't want to generalize too much, but that's what I've seen personally. And so um, my freshman year of college, I decided to go to college in Salisbury, Maryland. And then when I came back from the summer, that summer, my parents were going back to Japan. So summers and winters and my family wasn't rich you know they don't have a ton of money so i needed to find a place to stay over the summer and winter and ma always said to me she's like you know listen if your parents ever go back you need a place to stay just give me a call you can always stay with us so i took that literally you know like because i was a kid and mm -hmm. so i gave her a call and she her response was sure you can stay with us and and that's how the story began of like how she became my ma um in the summer that I moved into their house, they were actually in transition of moving to the house that they currently live in. They used to live on the opposite side of the road. So they lived in their house and they actually gave me a room in the house that they're redoing um, on the, on the across from the, across from the street and well, in the back of the old house. I don't know if I'm painting a good picture or not, <laughs> but anyhow, I mean, literally just by taking me in, basically a stranger mm -hmm. to her house she showed me like what love was and through my time with them i learned what it meant to be loved and and then basically as a stranger to their family and you know i can't imagine my life without her at this point right she's one of the most important people in my life and i'm just forever thankful that I have her in my life and, and she is part of my family. I mean, if you ask her, she'll call me her son and I, I, and she is my mom, you know, I, I'm, I'm lucky to have two moms in my, in my life. Right. So it's interesting as we're talking here, you know, Miss Judy, I, I said, you know, she was my second mom and I wasn't even applying, like I knew Ma would be one of your people, but I guess I never realized too, like, so we're both talking about our second moms mm -hmm. and it's interesting how we identify them that way also mm. you know that we we see that quality in them that you know here's my second mom um for you a little bit more literally than for me mine lived across the street <laughs> mm. um and i was friends with her daughter so yeah that that that's really interesting at your wedding too i could see the bond that you had with her you know it was just um and and there you know there was a nice bond with with your your biological family 
and um, your let's call them adopted family, mm-hmm. um, and they were both very different. But there were there were both bonds there. But I noticed that because that was the first time I had met, I believe, any of them was at your wedding, and 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 you could feel it. You could feel the difference. Yeah, I mean, and this is not a knock on my biological family. It's just oh no, I mean because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There I was, just want to make that clear. Sure, you know? yeah, no, there was just there was a closeness there too. Mm-hmm. It was just a very different bond. Um, but you could you could feel it and you could you could see it. So yeah, and I I think I guess we can do another podcast on this too. But imagine being a, a being parents to an eighteen year old that you have to leave behind in another country. Right. You know. And th- that's tough. And and that was my choice per choice. And mm-hmm. I think they've kind of saw it coming. So they raised me in certain ways that mm-hmm. I wasn't too attached. Because I can't imagine Alex saying to me like, hey, I want to go live in another country and I may not see you for several years. Right. You know, and like I just don't see that happening. But I was ready at that age to be on my own. Right. That's very true. And you can see those qualities in your kids. I knew with my oldest, Ethan, mm-hmm. I knew from a very young age uh, you know, I was just going to have to raise him the best I could, but he was so independent, even at a very young age, I knew I was going to have to, to let him go and spread his wings that he wasn't ever going to be content staying in one place, uh, you know, doing just one thing. And, and that's been true to form so that, so you're exactly right. That's, that's what I had to do with Ethan. Just, just knowing you're going to have to set him free probably sooner than the other two. (laughs) Mm. And, uh, you know, so yeah, your, your parents very well could have seen that quality in you and just wanted to make sure we need to raise him well. We need to raise him, you know, so he has his independence and set him free when he's ready. Yeah. It's interesting how like everybody's different, right? Like Mm -hmm. I know like we talk about a lot of ideas and it sounds like we maybe generalize little too much but we also understand and respect that like everybody's different Mm -hmm. um i just you know our hopes in sharing these stories is that there is some kind of relatability there that people can relate to and maybe reflect on their life and you know because i think reflection is important and part of it why we share is i know there's a couple kids who listen to it so they you know the why the reason why we share these story for the youth is that they can see almost like a, a preview of what could happen in the future. Cause I remember being young and going through some tough times and thinking to myself, like, why am I going through this? It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. But when you come out of it on the other side and you look back, there are reasons why these things are happening. And it's going to be okay. You just need to persist. And, and and be resilient and rely on the resources that you have. And one of those resources are the adults that you have in your life. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be parents, but it could be mentors and people that you can rely on. And you may not even be re- recognizing that like you're forming this relationship. That's the mentorship and the important relationship that could play a huge role down the road. Right, right. Yeah, I, as you're saying that, I, like, I don't know if Miss Judy, you know, certainly that was never her intention. Like, oh, I'm going to be a good role model for Michelle, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I, I don't know if, if she'll ever know how important she was to me and how still just her her strength still guides me, even as an adult, even though I don't see her very often. So, yeah, you never know who you're you're touching. So I think we all have to just make sure we're being good leaders wherever we go, setting a good example. And we never know who we might be inspiring. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, I think in terms of 
you know, we talked about this in, in regards to your life is the mentors that we have in our lives kind of shapes or shaped who we are today. Mm-hmm. And to me, like Peter and Ma shaped the way I would go about every single day. Right. Both of them played a huge role in my life and both of them had a huge passion for working with youth. Mm-hmm. And that has been passed on to me and they've ignited, ignited that fire within me to say, that's my calling is to work with these kids com- and, and sh- in, in a caring and compassionate way and just sharing love and showing them love um, and, and through their lives and, and different age groups and, and we're just working through them in different venues. Uh, we're actually coming up on towards the end of the podcast and I think I want to do another episode just solely dedicated on Peter because Peter's a big person and figure in my life right. and with the recital coming up yes I've gotten the request to share what the Peter Peter Reed scholarship memorial scholarship is all about so I think doing a podcast on it is also a good idea in terms of just sharing his story and what he's meant to me uh, so that way you know, it's not just a name attached to a scholarship that there's a story behind why he's such an important figure um, in my life. So, you know, just to sum up this episode of sharing two of your greatest teachers, uh, sharing my story about Ma, I think the takeaway from this podcast is that I hope that every listener that's listening uh, has a moment to just sit down and reflect and think in terms of who are there biggest teachers and mentors Mm -hmm. Uh, and I have a feeling a lot of people are going to mention their parent or parents uh, and maybe a lot of people have a similarity to us that we had a quote-unquote second mom who helped us guide and navigate through life that we still to this day rely on and and connect with and and those people are such an important vital part of our lives and we're just so thankful that they've come into our life by choice Mm -hmm. you know that's that's the greatest part right like they decide they chose to be part of our life and you know there's nothing greater than that you know that that they choose to be part of somebody's life and 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 i do believe that's also part of our calling as human beings to continue to foster those kind of relationship as we grow older and and share and share love and passion that we have to the next generation. What do you think, Tubes? Well, I also want to mention, and I knew if I said this to you, you would say no, but you have also been an incredible... Um, oh, stop it, I know. Dudes. I knew you wouldn't let me, but I, I really <laughs> want to say this. So uh, it's also evaluation time, guys. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no. Uh, you know, I met you at a time in your life when you were you were young. I mean, you were yeah. you were just a kid, and uh, you were just figuring out your way in life. But your story inspired me also. And and you have a lot of strength. And, you know, as you started growing and, and um, the business developed and, and things like that, your, your story is very inspirational. And you are, uh, you're a natural leader. And people, you know, are naturally drawn to you. And um, so you when when I look at my life and people who have guided me, people that I would consider my mentors, you are one also. So I, I think too, it, it, while we're talking, it's, it's actually making me smile because I'm imagining some of the people that I know listen to our podcast and I'm just seeing them thinking back on their life and thinking of all of the people who inspire us. And a lot of times we are thinking people who are older than us, people who were our teachers when we were in school, who are our parents, who are, you know, our neighbors, but you're the opposite. You know, you inspired me 
I saw that strength in you. I saw that independence and it inspired me. And I was, I was drawn to train with you and then to work with you because of your story. So wherever we're at, we can be inspiring and motivating. Right. You know, thank you for your kind words. Dude. <laughs> you know, but one of the things I think holds people back from like intentionally mentoring other people. Right. And mentoring is just a title. It do, you don't need to really label it. Right. Is that like personal insecurity of like I'm not I don't know enough. I'm not old enough or like I don't know enough right. to be in I, those shoes. Right. Yeah, but I don't have enough to offer. Yes. That. But just being yourself and sharing your life experience on alone can lead to that relationship you and and sometimes i personally create intentionally create those moments to mentor the youth but i also know that just giving them wisdoms and lessons that i've learned and sharing those with them sharing those moments with them can lead to those important relationships mm -hmm. the closest relationship that i have with kids nowadays comes from being able to relate to their life through the stories that they've shared and through the moments in my life that I'm able to give them as well to mm. share. Right. And so, you know, regardless of who you are, regardless of what profession you are in, please know that you can create these moments. You have the ability. You have something to share with others, whether it's youth, whether it's your coworker, um, that you can share with them if you're vulnerable enough uh, to help them in whatever journey that you, the people that you're the, that you're around are, are 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 going through, mm -hmm. wouldn't you think so? Right? Yes. I mean, sure. anybody can be in that role, mm -hmm. and so hopefully that's a takeaway from today's podcast. Well, I'm not gonna lie; I didn't know how this podcast was gonna go today, but. We always learn something new about each other, don't we? Dude? We do, we do. Yeah, yeah. and these and and because <laughs> as unprepared as we are, <laughs> I think it's because Shh, we don't tell anybody. <laughs> it's because we speak from our hearts, mm -hmm. and that's what's important. Well, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll see you next week. Bye, everyone.